Jesus is a, a great model of, of having scars from bringing forth life and the way, I mean, that he's done a wonderful, amazing work with his body and in himself. And obviously our experiences don't compare to that, but I think that's a helpful frame for thinking as our bodies change through pregnancy. It's not that they're falling apart or, or failing, but they're doing amazing hard work and we we wear the the signs of that and the journey of that potentially long into the future in different ways. Hello and welcome. I'm Tanya Reason and this is the Gospel According to Mum, the show where we discuss the transformational work done in us by Jesus Christ as we live out motherhood and discipleship with him. My guest today is Jody McIver. Jody is a registered midwife and a graduate of Moore Theological College, Sydney. She is mother to three children and along with her husband is in ministry in the Anglican Church. Jody is also the author of Bringing Forth Life, God's Purposes in Pregnancy and Birth. In part one of this episode, we discuss the driving forces behind Jody's decision to write the book and her personal experience of giving birth for the first time. The first experiences of motherhood are not only transforming us as people, but transforming the bodies we thought we knew so well. We look at the physical impact of that transformation and the deepening understanding of our body and its value. So hi Jodie, welcome to the show and thanks so much for coming on and talking to us. Yeah, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me along, Tanya. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm really excited to talk to you because you have written a wonderful book called Bringing Forth Life and links to the book will be available on our website, thegospelaccordingtomum.com and through our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. So if you want to be updated with that, don't forget to follow us after the show. But your book is uh, from a Christian perspective on pregnancy and birthing and you are a midwife yourself. But it's it's not just a book about God in the process of pregnancy. It's actually a, a functional book as well, isn't it, for women who are in the throes or on the cusp of pregnancy and giving birth? Yeah, absolutely. I've tried to sort of bring together the as well as the spiritual aspects, linking them into the physical experience and yeah. the emotional transition and how all these things play together and impact on one another as well. Because yeah. it's such a whole self experience, I think, pregnancy, yes. birth and becoming a mother. It really impacts every part of you and your life and your identity and everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I felt that when I was reading the book that everything was really beautifully interwoven and a lot of the time I was sitting there thinking, oh, I wonder if she's going to mention this and then there it was in the next chapter and I was like, oh, yeah, she's, she's covered that, she's covered that. It's really, it was really, having been through the process, it was really great to to read it and I found even that it revealed some things for me, uh, you know, in the aftermath. I thought, oh, that's what was going on there. So it was it was a great read. Thank you for writing so it. So glad you enjoyed yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh, we, it was a joy to write it as well. I really enjoyed writing it and just thinking about my personal experiences and thinking about different women's stories and those who would be the ones then reading it and being able to kind of meet and speak to people who I may never meet in person. It was a real joy. It had a real sense of purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So from that perspective, give us an idea of of what your history is in terms of you've you've had a background in ministry and midwifery and, and also as a mother as well. So where were you sort of coming from in your faith? Yeah, that's right. So I started out as a midwife when I was quite young and not far out of school. And I enjoyed that, but also found it pretty difficult in 
trying to fit in shift work with family life and church involvement and all those different things. And I actually decided to to give it up and study at Bible College because I and I thought I was leaving it behind at that stage. Uh, I wanted to be better equipped for ministry and particularly because I was dating my now husband who had just become a minister. So yeah, I went to Bible College and I got the opportunity to think deeply about God's word and spend three years really um, enjoying the riches of of the gospel and of the whole Bible story. And that was a real joy. And so after that, I did um, work in ministry uh, in a church setting with young people and women and all sorts of people. And I also, though, went back and picked up kind of one shift a week of midwifery. And so I was doing the two roles alongside each other Mm -hmm. for a while there. But I I took a long time to think that there might be any kind of connection between the two or think how each zone of my life might come to bear on the other. Yeah. 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 Do you think motherhood played a a part in in bringing those two things together? Do you think that's what it was? Absolutely. Mm. I think once I went through these experiences myself, um, which is very different from being on the other side and observing women going through these experiences, once I sort of had felt and lived and truly knew what it was to go through this experience, I realised how big it is and how impacting and how Mm. significant and started to think, well, why haven't I been thinking about this (laughs) in terms of what God thinks about pregnancy and birth? Mm. And, yeah, I think it, it took that really personal experience Mm. to trigger deeper thinking and this wasn't when I just had my baby let me assure you this is years down the track certainly uh, as you can look back but it it is those personal experiences that that brought me to this point I think yeah yeah Yeah. because your eldest is nine now yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you, yeah, you're well into not the a journey. Kid anymore, it feels yeah, like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you, you've your your background. You grew up in the church, didn't you? And and also, you started um, midwifery sort of as a child. You t- you tell a story in your book about teaching, training your grandfather through <laughs> giving birth to his first child. And that sort of thing. So the two things have been very much a part of your life right from the beginning, haven't they? Yeah, I was present for the birth of my younger brother and younger sister. So it was a kind of normal part of life to me Mm -hmm. throughout my growing up, I guess. But I didn't have a sense at that point that I wanted to be a midwife. It was, um, yeah, only after I finished school that I I really, I found the the female body particularly just fascinating in Mm -hmm. how everything works to support the life of a new little person. Um, I started, that was through study of human biology and things initially, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't so much a a love of babies, but a love of of working with women and that amazing process of Mm. pregnancy and birth that drew me into it. Mm. And Yeah, I think your book has done something wonderful in that, with all that you touch on in the book, is establishing the sovereignty of God, which I think is really the first and maybe the crucial point in understanding the journey of discipleship. Because until you can acknowledge his complete authority and sovereignty, 
it's very difficult to obey him fully. You have to be able to say, you're, you're it, you know. And I think what your book does is it, it sets that up right as you go into motherhood. You know, nothing, yeah. nothing is going to make his sovereignty as clear, I think, as, as trying to be a mother because he's, um, he's just in control of the whole process, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, the subtitle of the book is God's Purposes in Pregnancy and Birth. And I think that just reflects my desire to see that kind of both what we can understand about our experiences through looking to God and the life-giving God of birth that he is, but also thinking about how we can actually understand elements of who God is and what Jesus has done for us in the pages of the Bible as we live out these experiences. And I think we do gain new insight into lots of parts of um, the the cost of bringing forth life, the the parental kind of love, and 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 the the way that all our relationships flow out of God's loving relational being and that, yeah, we're just kind of tiny little mirror images of that in some ways. Mm. Yeah, you you talk in the book about the blessing that that motherhood is being part of the creative process And, and I thought that too, although I have to say for myself, I was aware of this awesome power that was being worked within me, but I didn't have, I didn't feel like I was in fellowship with God. It was almost like it was happening in spite of me. Yeah. You know, I sort of, yeah. uh, you know, a, 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 a lady said to me after her daughter was born, oh, you know, I just thought, women are so amazing that we can do this. And I remember thinking, lady, if it had been up to me, like, I don't know what this child would have looked like. I have, I had no idea what was going on within me from a, from a personal sense. I mean, I understood the science of it to a degree, but, you know, I had, I knew, I was aware that I had absolutely nothing to do with it and, and praise God for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think yeah. that's one of the things that's so unique about these experiences. And it's often for many of us, the first time in our lives where we've kind of, there is that loss of control mm. over our bodies, but also all other things that are changing within and without of us. And, so it is, yeah, I think it is quite a humbling experience in lots of ways. And as we see that regardless of what we think or feel at any one time, our bodies are, are doing this amazing work and God ultimately is doing this mm-hmm. amazing work in us. And it always has its ups and downs and they can be big or small, but it's certainly not our fancy handiwork or expert knowledge we bring in from our career that makes it all happen. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Well, you know, things going wrong, we'll talk a little bit about that later on. But one of the scriptures that you mentioned in your notes was uh, Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And that, that made me think about, the body and and we'll talk about that now but the other point that really comes through strongly in the way you wrote to me and and in your book is the idea of identity and funnily enough 
that follows on from your scripture, Romans 12, 2. The next part is, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And it just sounded like the two things just flowed so beautifully in those two pieces mm. of scripture. Yeah, absolutely. But you said a wonderful thing in the book. You said, our bodies are not ornamental. And I, I'm so glad you said that. Because it's so important, isn't it? Because we're so physical. And and once that child takes over your body, it's a huge change, isn't it? It's huge it's to grapple with. It's a massive change. Yeah. And for, for us, before we have children, I think often our experience of our body is, is perhaps more in how we look at it or we look at ourselves in the mirror and how we become aware of what we look like. And we can have strong feelings about that mm. as well and and then when yeah in pregnancy suddenly something's something big is going on within us but we can't see it um there's kind of ways of it being tangible to us sometimes when we're feeling sick and things but it is it's a very different experience of life in our body than we've often had to that point Mm -hmm. and it's a very a powerful experience in that our bodies are doing an amazing thing with often relatively little attention required from us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, we we try and save up our bodies, don't we? We're we're really desperate as as a society to ensure that we live for as long as possible and we stay young for as long as possible. And it's it's it seems like it's actually a bit of a trap. You know, I I complained to my husband after my first was born, you know, oh, my body's like, it's wrecked now. It doesn't look Mm -hmm. nice like it used to. And he said to me, Tanya, spend it. I want you to spend it and use it on something worthwhile, you know, which is a lovely thing for a husband to say, extremely generous on his part. But it, it is that, what am I saving this up for? And you talk about how God values women's bodies, but it's a different way to value them, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, in terms of what you're just saying, I think like often the scars we we have after having a baby, we can they can get us down or we can look on them with distaste. But Jesus is a, a great model of of having scars from mm-hmm. bringing forth life, and the way I mean that he's done a wonderful, amazing work with his body and in himself and. Obviously, our experiences don't compare to that, but I think that's a helpful frame for thinking as Absolutely. our bodies change through pregnancy. It's not that they're falling apart or or failing, but they're doing amazing hard work and we we wear the the signs of that and the journey of that potentially long into the future in different ways. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it, when when we get pregnant. I mean, most of us feel straight away that we need to make alterations to the way we live to ensure the well-being of this person that's growing inside us. And yet it's a person we've never met. It's amazing, isn't it, that we do that? It's bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is because we don't do that to, you know, the the guy down in the supermarket that bumps into us with our trolley. You know, we don't, no, we don't right. put ourselves out for him. It's but he's as relationship Mm. yeah but God I think also in his good design has has made our bodies help us down that track like lots of the hormones the um, experience of birth and when we meet that new baby really for the first time and they are 
a stranger to us. There's lots of things within us and our skin and the touch and the oxytocin and and things that help us um, form that relationship, which mm. I think is just amazing, exactly, because this child, they may they may not be all that much like us at all. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah. we'll talk about that later too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So we need to be kind of helped into that. But once we've had that experience, surely we should be as mothers then trying to to bring that into our walk with Christ, shouldn't we? This is a this is a learning opportunity for us then to be able to apply without the help of the hormones. It then yeah. becomes a spiritual undertaking, doesn't it? I think it's it's such a journey for fathers as well, but particularly for women who have that kind of bodily experience too. It's such an experience of having to lay yourself and parts of your life aside for mm. a time at least for the sake of your child and I think that God works powerfully through these experiences to to shape and transform us and then yeah I hope that that does flow on from just within our nuclear family into the people around us into our church family into just the people in our community Mm. Um, that kind of whole self-love of actually realizing that nurturing people has a cost and being willing to bear that. Yeah, yeah. Have you found that motherhood is, has enhanced your ministry? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's so hard to be objective about these things, yeah. isn't it? But I think given I've really led a, a very comfortable life overall, and I know that's that's very different for some other people who've gone through big hardships, but for me, this was a real shock to the system. The time mm. you first become a mother, um, I had quite a quite a painful, quite a difficult first birth experience, mm. um, as many women do, and it's kind of a shell shocking experience. And and then it doesn't end there. There's no recovery. Then there's the whole yeah. suddenly looking after a baby day night when you're exhausted, when you're feeling sick. Mm. There's just it's an intense experience and so I, I'm I'm sure that has had implications for me thereafter, yeah. Yeah. Did you find, I mean, the idea of getting pregnant, was that, was that sort of straightforward for you? Did you, did you know that was what you were going to do and, and you just went for it and, <laughs> you know? Um, physically it was pretty straightforward. Yeah. But emotionally... I yeah I was never even though I was a midwife which kind of seems weird I was never the the clucky type or the kind of loved babies or children and I think also as a midwife I knew how hard work it was going to be mm-hmm. so I I wasn't to be honest that excited about the idea as at all and yet I had in my mind once we were married that we would you know we would we would have children and yeah. and there was some sense of I think that's what God wants of us, to love and nurture children, perhaps more so than a kind of <laughs> graphic excitement for the, yeah. the possibility. I was, yeah, I was nervous, I think, more than anything about just the impact it would have on my life but also mm. on who 
I am and how I see myself and how others see me and that those kind of identity issues mm. that you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Did you find it hard going through pregnancy as a midwife to, not to overthink things and see things that maybe were there or weren't there or, you know, was it was it an added pressure, do you think? Hard to, hard to be yeah, objective again. Yeah, for me, pregnancy but... was okay because I, I'm not a real worrier by nature. Mm-hmm. So even though I, you know, I, I'm aware of different things that can happen, I know the statistics and that they're <laughs> unlikely. So um, I think that's more a personality thing than anything about how quick we are to jump to anxious thoughts. And thankfully, yeah, that wasn't my experience mm-hmm. in pregnancy. Yeah. And then you've, you've had quite a traumatic birth experience. Did you have a plan before you went into to give birth of how you thought it was going to go? Did you imagine that it would go to plan? It's a good question. I, I certainly knew the things that I needed to put in place to have the best chance of a, a straightforward and relatively natural birth experience that, that would have um, less intervention and those sort of things. So I had a, a midwife who I knew through the pregnancy, this is called continuity of care, who was going to then look after me during the birth in a birth centre. So I, that was really important to me. And yet, of course, there's no guarantee with any of these things and there's there's no way of knowing exactly yeah. what's going to happen. And so it wasn't really a positive experience at all, the birth itself of my first one the other two were different there were lots of different factors my husband became very unwell Mm. in the last week of my pregnancy so he was in hospital for I don't know about five days so I'd had to come to terms with the idea that he wasn't going to be there for the birth and in fact the day I think the day before my due date my waters broke and I thought okay and he was still in hospital so I'd arranged for a friend to come with me, but he he man he was recovering somewhat by then. So he managed to sign himself out of hospital that day and be right. with me. But he was not at his best, and he did faint at the birth. So oh. there was all these different things going on as well that kind of made it hard. But then I think it was a very painful experience, mm. and uh, I just remember afterwards being wheelchaired to the postnatal ward and just crying the mm-hmm. whole way in the wheelchair and looking back it was it was very hard and I did kind of have those sort of flashbacks and things later on but yeah a baptism by fire I guess mm-hmm. into the cost of bringing forth life yes. isn't it for so many of us that yes. first birth is really yeah. hard work yeah and um comes with many different challenges so yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm starting to wonder if that's not necessarily so, actually, because I'm a, I am a, was a very different mother when my second was born, and yeah. handled handled the whole thing with far more grace and elegance than I did the first time. Yes, but, that's what but I it's say almost to women. second time round. You're an expert already. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but you you you're softer on yourself mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And and you you're calmer with the well, maybe not calm is the right word, but you are you've got more of a sense of these are the things I can manage myself with the second time, I think. The first time you, you've got no idea and you really just kind of have to break through that wall, don't you? You just got to you just got to get in there just and just get do by. it. Yeah. Yep. You just do it. You do what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. But I was, I was when you were talking about birth plans and things in the book, 
it suddenly occurred to me that, you know, a lot of us have these ideas about our birth plan. And you can, you can equate this to, to Christian life. We have a lot of ideas about the plans for our life. And it just occurred to me that, you know, it's, it reminded me of marriage because I know there are, there are a lot of brides out there who, not, not to degrade their relationship with their husband at all, but the wedding was super important you know, and and they had ideas about how the wedding was going to go. And I think our thinking gets a bit skewed towards that event rather mm. than thinking about the journey that's going to come after. So instead of being focused on the wedding, we should be focused on the marriage that's going to happen. Mm. And instead of being focused yeah. on the birth plan and, and the birth, we should be thinking about the motherhood that will follow. I and I suppose we sometimes we get that. trapped at the cross too, don't we? We're, we're, we're trying to relive that miracle of, of receiving Christ and we forget about the discipleship journey that's going to follow. You know, we get, mm. we get focused on a single event a bit, don't we? Yeah, we can. I mean, I think definitely we often do spend too much time in pregnancy thinking or worrying about the birth when there is mm. so much after that. But also it is a significant event that can have big implications for that initial period as a mother mm. and how you feel about yourself physically, how you feel. And just for many women, it, it is a traumatic experience and can be, they can be kind of, if they feel disrespected by their caregivers or those sort of things, then we're really starting on the back foot and it's even, it's harder work. So yeah. yeah, it is a big deal, but equally it's one day usually in hopefully yeah. decades and decades. One of very long so day. It's, um, yeah, you've yeah. certainly got to keep it in perspective. Yeah, yeah. Did you find that, you know, after you, you went through that first experience, did you feel that God kind of helped you get past it into the next phase? Because obviously you went again and then again, yeah. you know, it didn't, it didn't stop you from having more children. Did you, did you feel helped? I think at the time I honestly just felt very numb mm -hmm. um, for those early months of with a new baby um, for all manner of reasons. I think like the tiredness, there's so many different factors. But, I mean, it's hard to remember exactly. But I certainly can see more clearly how God's been at work in me and kind of that character transformation um, like you were talking about from Romans retrospectively, I can absolutely see that. Mm. Um, but I think, like you said, we kind of have to go a bit easy on ourselves at that time. And we're not, you know, we're not always going to have amazing insights into God's plans for us, or yeah. we're not going to necessarily feel like great value in the work that we're doing as we feed and change and mm. try to sleep. I think in a bigger picture perspective, you can see that. But when you're, when you're stuck in that nitty gritty day to day of those, those beginning weeks, yeah, it can be hard to, mm. to see that bigger picture if you haven't thought about that beforehand. Yeah. 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 Certainly for me, one of the big things was just the general anxiety of the, res the responsibility of mm. keeping a person alive um, who had, you know, couldn't even tell you what they needed. And, um, it's ridiculous, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And there's, it does, there's no guidebook, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. There is no guidebook and that's what makes me think. Well, there's many think, guidebooks, but yeah. everyone's different and their yeah. babies are different that's too. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's it's the same for everything. I was looking up this morning how to prune my, when to prune my magnolia. And oh, the yeah. first the first Google match I had said, prune your magnolia in um, 
at the end of winter, early spring. And then the one directly under it said, prune your magnolia straight after summer in early autumn. And I just thought, well, so all year round then, anytime I want, basically. And that's, I mean, it's kind of like motherhood, isn't it? You do need to go with your gut. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I remember saying to my husband, look, He'd say, "Look, Tanya, it's not that hard." And I'd say, "No, it's it's not hard. Actually, the the processes are not difficult. But what's hard is that I can never stop worrying about whether or not this baby is getting enough this, getting enough that. You know, if I'm, you know, ruining them in some way by what I'm doing, that never turns off, does it?" Yeah, I think it's hard to get to that point of you know, trusting God that he's given you to be the mother of your child and that, mm. that your child will will thrive um, and that relationship will develop and all these things take so much time and we will make mistakes. But, but yeah, it, it is a, it's a steep learning curve. Yeah, yeah. That's why it pays not to get too focused on the, the single event, doesn't it? Because it is going to, mm. it's the rest of your life, you know, and mm. you just got to lean into that but I mean and it's always changing along the way as well like your baby's two weeks your baby's two months they're completely different creatures let alone two years or 20 (laughs) like yeah that's right yeah it's a constant change yeah yeah thanks for listening today you can find out more about the show our guests and subscribe and download through all our channels by visiting the gospel according to mum.com In part two of my conversation with Jodi, we look at what follows after baby is born and the ongoing development of our mind and spirit through meeting the cost of bringing forth life. In the meantime, be encouraged, friend, and remember the God who taught you to love will not leave you as you walk with him more and more at your own pace. I'm Tanya Reason, and you've been listening to The Gospel According to Mum. Till next time.